Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick, Mike, and Chad take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this week's episode, Nick and Mike tackle Big Pharma and the opioid epidemic so eloquently portrayed in a sleeper Netflix limited series. So, what's painkiller? Well, uh, welcome to episode 168 of the Showboys podcast. Um, my name's Pixel Nick, and we are joined sort of here by our mediocre producer, Dad. And I'm not really sure what's going on with him. Um, but also, more, more importantly, who is actually going to commit to being here. Um, but off camera, um, that's uh, showboysmedia.com, Mike. Um, <laughs> yeah, I legally changed my name when we moved to Florida. <laughs> Showboysmedia.com, Mike. So, might as well change my name. <laughs> yeah. Do the yeah. Um, yep. Uh, I'm here. Uh, well, not on camera because I'm still outside in sure. my dark patio. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm glad that you said it's episode 168 because when I set up the studio, I mistakenly put it as 167. So, womp, womp. I could have got a little confusing. That's okay. It, yeah. No, I mean, I'm still getting used to it. I'm still amazed that um, last week's episode, you correctly got the following week's like topic because you're like, oh, next week, Nick and Chad will be talking about The Sopranos. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, wait, he's right. But we recorded yeah, weeks ago. Um, but it's not coming out. So, yeah, it was, it's all confusing now. Um, it's like... Uh episode release inception yeah and um i was listening to uh pokey boys episode season three premiere wow, i think look at you we're gonna we're gonna make another one here dad uh, another pokey pokemon convert i think on our hands oh actually it was actually i listened to the one before that with uh jared the uh intermittent the in-between season episode and uh <laughs> You guys talked about like recording like Inception because you guys are all over the place in terms of when you record versus when you release. Yeah. So maybe yeah, that's po- what's going to start happening. Pokey Boys has trained my my brain for the the awkward recording and release scheduling. Oh, good. Good. Glad one of us one of us has it under under wraps. Um but to you know, first shout out top tier uh Patties, our patrons, uh use of H and Tim B. Um if you weren't here last week, we did revamp our patron uh, tiers and their benefits, right? Um, we have these cool new avatars that dad can make any of our tier four patrons if you sign up today. Um, I think just, Tim B just, I just gave him his avatar today, actually. Yeah, we just uh, we just distributed uh, our, our top tier patron, Tim B, his, his Giga profile. Yeah, Giga. Giga, Giga, Giga avatar. Giga Tim. Um they're the, the Giga avatars. That's what they are dubbed. Um, appreciate his input on things. But yeah, he jumped all over. He's like, how do I get one of those? Um, <laughs> I, I like how slowly, like every time we, it happened with the, the pixel avatars. too. Like, <laughs> it did. <laughs> that, that's just kind of basically just creates the top tier patron rewards. 
he's pretty much solely responsible for them. <laughs> Damn, what do you like? Okay, yeah. that's that's what everyone else gets. Yep. Um, but of course, we're releasing the unedited versions of our episode recordings um, right away as soon as possible on Patreon for our tier two friends. Um, and tier three, I, I forget what, what you get your exclusive thing. episode every month. That's right. You get the exclusive episode up every month. And of course, um, you know, we care more about you if you suggest episode topics and you could come on an episode with a topic of your choice. Um, That's right. So make it happen, guys. Do it, do it, do it. Um, yep. Get that out of the way. And of course, OLED switch giveaway. Um, really want to give this away. So everyone yeah. help us give it away before the next switch comes out. That'd be fantastic. Yes. Or we're just going to have to like lower the, the giveaway to like <laughs> the next subscriber <laughs> gets an OLED switch. Subscribe, <laughs> prove it and um, comment in the video and boom, it's yours. Is that official? Um, yes. Nah. Nah. Now that that's out of the way, tonight's topic. Mike, I appreciate you uh, jumping on this show so quickly um, to record this episode. I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. No, no, no appreciation to dad. He was nope. original. He was the first person that I reached out to, to watch this series and record with me. Cause I was like, you know, I don't want to bother Mike with it. He's, he's a busy guy. And um, you kind of been off a show kick, but you pulled through, um, pulled through. OG, OG showed up and, uh, right. you know, if you wouldn't have, we wouldn't be, I don't know what we'd be talking about tonight. Um, that's a good question. Probably nothing, honestly. Yeah. We would have just <sighs> regrouped. Um, yeah. I probably would just be playing dredge right now. Yeah. Dredge. I would be playing, um, Warcraft rumble on my phone or, I'm really, I'm doing really good on my Lego display over there. Um, I've been uh, making full great. disclosure. You can't oh. even see me, so you don't even know if I'm not playing Dredge right now. That's rude. Well, if you're anything the way Dad plays handheld games, I would hear it. <laughs> like I would hear the full game it, more than you could hear it because you have headphones on. So I, I would hear it four x louder than you would be hearing it. Oh yeah, that was. Classic dad. Classic dad. You can hear it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Start to mute you. <laughs> Mike shows up, just mutes people. Anyways, uh, it's a nice topic. Um, we are going to be covering Netflix's uh, new newer miniseries called Painkiller. Um, right. Starring Uzo Abduba. Um, she was from Lightyear and Orange is New Black. Um, Matthew Broderick. I'm glad you tackled that name because I was, I was not sure how... Aduba, 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 Aduba. Sure. Uh, Matthew Broderick, obviously Bueller. Um, Ferris Bueller. Yep. And and our boy Tim Riggins, everyone knows him. Um, He also goes by the real life name of Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch? Kish? Um, Tim Riggins. Who the heck is that? From uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, Never watched it. Uh, But uh, did you know the whole time we were watching I say like we watched it together. Uh, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, why does Arthur Sackler look so dang familiar? <laughs> he's he's freaking Agent Coulson from the MCU. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird. It's weird seeing him go from like 
you know, big government into like big pharma. I guess that's not that far of a leap, but <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's totally him. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah. The ghost kind of the, the haunter, um, the haunting of Matthew Broderick's character. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. That's him. Um, but this Hold is, on. this is a, a, a pretty cool mini series. It's kind of following a little bit of a trend line of um, now that like, um, you know, some drug companies, particularly this one, um, Purdue actually did in real life kind of get shut down um, for like their distribution and tactics and pushing um, opiates um, through the 90s and 2000s. Um, we have a lot of different shows, movies that are coming out, documentaries that cover um, essentially our opiate opiate epidemic um, here in America. So um, this follows that that line of thought and it, it, it's cool that I like that it's um, a very heavily dramatized version. They say that outright, um, but they also have the, the, um, the family of victim victims testimonials at the beginning of each episode. Yeah. Um, super sad. Yeah. Very sad. And it kind of like grounds it in like, they're like, Hey, this is all very real, but obviously we've taken a lot of creative liberties to convey um, some messaging here that we feel deeply about. Um, but you know, forty-five minute episodes, six episodes, um, mini series, easy watch, um, not slow by any means. I, I, at least I didn't think so. Um, How did you feel about the pacing, Mike, and like getting through it? Uh, yeah, I thought it moved along uh, pretty well. Um, I I ended up watching this um, like during the work day on one of my many monitors. And, um, honestly, after an episode finished, I was like, well, I might as well just start another one. Like I just, I wanted to keep going, but, um, whenever I watch a show for the podcast, um, I really like to try to space it out to where I finish it the day before or the day of when we record. Uh, so I had to like temper myself. So I watched, um, pretty much two two a day two monday two tuesday um then i watched one wednesday and the last one today um yeah I, I thought it moved along really well um i loved the intros um they were very sad and like you said grounded uh, each episode um in a very good way because uh while when, when you say it's like heavily dramatized, I think like when I, when I hear that, I think of like super serious, like drama, drama, like uh, I can't right. even think of a show right now, but like uh, whatever the most like dramatic show you could think of. Hammy's um, Tale. Yeah. Something like that. But this uh, embellished a lot of things and was kind of yeah centric uh, with the way it proved some points, which uh, I think it was very helpful um, and really helped drive home the points they were trying to make. Um, obviously, I think they did a lot of that tongue in cheek, like intentionally on purpose to be like way over the top with things. Uh, but it all it all pretty much landed for me. <laughs> I really liked all of the over top over the topness, uh, specifically. 
the flipping of Dr. Curtis Wright from the FDA into Purdue Pharma when he, <laughs> he approved Oxycontin and then then went to work for Purdue. And like that whole montage of him uh, with Rick Ross playing Every Day I'm Hustling and like that whole scene, I was just like, this is brilliant. Yeah, they didn't. And that's the thing, too, is like they, they're telling a real story about real events and but they really embellish like the the irony in that situation with that ridiculous kind of like, you know, montage of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not just, you know, you're watching it and they like reveal that and you're kind of like, oh, wow, that was pretty crappy. I mean, it's like they really layer it in with like. <laughs> The song the jumping in the pool yeah um, he's like going into a pool with these ridiculous like nose plugs with like two oxycotton cheerleaders like cheering him on <laughs> Just so ridiculous right and yeah there, yeah there, there's it, the creative liberties um you know whomever um you know created this series they they didn't shy from that while also covering a very serious topic um, yeah. Peter Berg was the director, by the way, um, okay. of the entire season. Did a really, really great job, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, it was like in a, is like tasteful, um, conveyed the right messaging, and it always felt like appropriate because, like, you get what they were doing with it. Like, none of it, none of the eccentricness was like misplaced. Um, yeah, like uh, the the actually dramatic parts, like the um like the heavy parts where it actually dealt with the uh, addicts and the people going through the situations uh i thought were very tasteful and like normal levels of of drama right like a normal drama show um but where they kind of went over the top with things is uh with purdue Yep. Their sales reps, the interactions with the doctors, um, which while, you know, that stuff equally as serious, um, it's not like somebody ODing on drugs and dying and them like <laughs> going like to, you know, 11 on the over the top knob. Um, I, don't, I don't know if what I'm trying to say is making sense, but. Do you understand what, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because they kind of have um, three distinct stories, almost three distinct shows happening at the same time. Um, you have a, a Wolf of Wall Street vibe, like pharma company sales, like up, you know, how they came up um, and ran their business story where it's like over the top drugs, women, parties, um, you know, shitty white collar shenanigans right um but then and that's one tone in those scenes and that story it's telling the other the another one is the um the main character who's the the fbi agent i think it was fbi or worked for a department in the government um for investigating edie flowers yeah her story where she's kind of like a narrator in all of this and she's telling um, you know, the new people that are investigating the situation, like everything she knows and like every, like everything she's in, like, it's all very serious tone. She's very serious about what she's doing. Um, 
and she kind of interacts with this, this ridiculousness that are, um, you know, Purdue and their sales reps. Right. So that's a little cross pollination of those stories. But then we have like, like you said, that's a really good point that the whole, um, like story of the family and people who actually get hooked on it and like how it's affecting the people that are prescribed it. That is like a traditional, like family drama, right? Like Mm -hmm. true and true. And that doesn't have too much interaction with, um, the other stories, but like when they cross pollinate, um, the right tone gets carried into it. Um, because, because when that's like when the doctors and the addicts all start interfering with the, um, sales reps for Purdue, you know, the sales reps are really like brought back to earth and Mm. they, you you know, they show them like fighting, trying not to realize how shitty of people they might be right uh the the scene with shannon schaefer and edie flowers there in that in the finale uh shannon being uh the new like pill bunny recruit right that ends up um making it onto the purdue sales team um she ends up kind of giving a disposition to edie flowers and is like having a breakdown because uh, exactly what you said, she realized the weight of the kind of what she helped cause uh, also off the back of, you know, the previous episode where she like almost drowns in a pool after uh, you know, getting high on Oxy. Um, and I thought, I thought it was like kind of cringe, but also kind of funny where she gets done like spilling her guts and Edie's like, uh, yeah, I'm not a therapist, bro. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was especially cold. And, um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Cause like, that's the point in the story where you feel like she would not have done that, but she totally just like stiff armed, stiff, stiff armed her in that conversation. Yeah. Um, cause she just, she just can't when it comes to, uh, these people, if you will. Um, and like the things that they're doing. Cause she is like the only person that's really up to speed with like the nature of this. And they do a good job. I think her unraveling that with like her boss or she has two bosses. Right. And like yeah. they need a crime, but like there's no explicit or implicit crime being committed. Um, right. by Anyone, which is like the insane part of it, which makes sense though. I mean, there really isn't much of a crime, unfortunately, I guess in what they were doing at the time. And that was kind of like that whole situation is like, well, how do you fix something that is inherently not right without it? It just did not have a, a a law or something to match it. But like, obviously anyone to, you know, anyone would kind of agree that like, while not necessarily criminal offense like it's also not correct what is happening Um, yeah probably not like net positive for society um yeah so i guess maybe like a a good place to go now would be um to kind of give like a synopsis of what like actually is happening in in the the miniseries here uh so basically like nick said you kind of have those those three stories kind of playing out you have uh edie flowers and her investigation into Purdue Pharma for um, basically selling 
Oxycontin, which is essentially a candy coated heroin pill. <laughs> um, that's one story. The other story is following, um, what, what, which Sackler is it? I always get all the Sacklers confused. Uh, Richard Sackler played Richard, by Matthew yeah. Broderick. Um, like his rise into power, the creation of, you know, Oxycontin and its uh, play into the rise of Purdue Pharma. And then it like blowing up and being just like a massive cash cow. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that story, you also have um, Brit and Shannon, the pill or the, the sales reps that are going out and pushing uh, Oxycontin on all the, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's story two. Story three is following the Krieger family, uh, the husband and father, Glenn mechanic uh, gets hurt at work, prescribed Oxycontin becomes addicted, becomes an addict uh, and follows that journey with, you know, him and how the addiction, you know, tore apart his family and ultimately led to his demise. Um, All these stories interweaving uh, throughout each episode of the six season or the six episode series. Ultimately, to uh, say, big pharma bad. Uh, be careful! Don't get addicted to drugs. <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah, yeah. Essentially, <clears throat> the, the issue with the problem is like there isn't a hardline message for anyone other than like a retro on something that simply happened that no one really had any control over. Um, Right. Like who's to say, like it is the government's place to law and regulate that sort of activity. It never really been done before. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Outside of saying Richard um, was some sort of like devil incarnate. um, What's to stop anyone from like, you know, having an idea making a product and selling it, uh, yeah. you know, within the, uh, the lines. And there's another show on Netflix or movie pain hustlers that has a uh, Chris Evans in it. Um, that, that one's a good one. I watched as well. Um, and that one had a good um, correlation or they made a good point in that one where it was also following sales reps. Right. And how they took a drug and they made it like number one um, through like, shady sales tactics and uh the point they made was like there's the speed limit but they're gonna go just over it so if the speed limit is 65 we're gonna do 67 um and then you know anytime you're just kind of outside the lines you get hit with fines and things like that so usually in like pharma and other like big companies like breaking the rules if it's not by a lot is really just a matter of money and fines. Um, so that's where they get a lot of leeway in terms of how they run their business. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, maybe it's, it's just like my, my, um, mind mindset. There you go. I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of the word. Maybe it's just my, my greater, 
like outlook on life, right? Like my 30, 30,000 foot view take on life. Um, I am more of an optimist than a pessimist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like there's two sides to every story, right? We get, we get this side, obviously uh, not a fan of big pharma uh, drugs, you know, this whole situation. I mean, obviously Oxy was clearly abused by the masses. Like that is public record, right? No one's uh, dismissing that. Uh, but I, sometimes I, I just have a hard time thinking that like, I, I was kind of telling you this and I think it was in discord, Nick, that like, you know, uh, people put on their, their tinfoil hats and fire up their like conspiracy scented candles. And like, I'll always think that everything that turns out to be bad right. was some sort of nefarious plot by someone. Yeah. And obviously that's kind of how this was angled, right? Um, Arthur Sackler dies and the Sackler family is kind of in shambles. And so Richard concocts this idea of improving a painkiller that they're already kind of trying to sell, but is not really going anywhere, uh, improving it, rebranding it and selling it under, you know, Purdue instead of whatever other shell corporation they were owning at the time. Uh, like, you know, his whole plan is to just make something. So his family, you know, gets tons of money, which very well may be the case, but also, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe he was trying to do something that could, that was intended to be like a net positive beneficial thing for people. And then, you know, it is a highly addictive thing and it was selling a ton. And then he starts seeing the dollars and then he's like, well, you know, money is kind of cool. Maybe I'm okay with this. Yeah. It's, 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 I, I didn't really take it as that, though, in terms of um, it trying to paint him out to be like some sort of criminal or demon. Because um, I'm sure at the end of the day, like just another. I mean, they know, made him literally like a, a legitimate psychopath. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely didn't try to uh, paint him in any sort of positive light. Right. Yeah, but but I think fine. Was, it served the per. It's the purpose. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was layered though with enough of the creative liberties around his character and like the you know how they made his what was that his uncle? Yeah, his uncle Arthur. Arthur. Um, kind of like a, the 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 voice in his head, like either making yeah. him doing or coaching him through it. Um, to where like I, I think I think in reality any like. I think the common sense thing would be that, you know, that isn't the case more. So you just have the case of right. Had an IP really took it, evolved it. Like you said, um, found a way to market it right now. Was it done probably carelessly um, without a lot of empathy or care for how it might impact people? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they quite thought through the repercussions once it started uh, flowing. And that's the problem is like, is there an inherent crime in that? You know, and that's the problem that the, the law side of it had was there is no crime being committed um, under the laws of man. Um, 
So that's why it's been elusive and only like 20, 30 years later that any sort of judgment has been able to be handed down um, just to hold someone accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, Purdue. I mean, that's the problem though, is like, this was kind of like a, um, almost a one-time thing. People correlate it to like the crack epidemic, obviously. Um, but obviously in a different, um, socioeconomic situation, uh, this obviously struck like in Ohio here. Um, shout out poor folk in the country, um, Carroll County getting hurt, getting prescribed, um, Oxycontin. And, um, that's the thing. Like, uh, I, I guess, selling i don't know if selling was like is like the right verb it's more like um it was selling they were they were selling it you know what i mean like i don't that's the weird area where it's like they did show like where doctors were hesitant right um, and like mm-hmm. doctors had their heads on their shoulders at the beginning but they flashed all this money in front of them and slowly just ate away at any of that yeah and they were more so just having them push it upon people. And I think that's it where kind of more of like a slightly criminal mindset starts to set in where you know what you're doing in the back of your mind or you don't at all, but it doesn't change at the end of the day that what you're doing is not correct. And that, I mean, that's the doctor's faults too. Um, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you so gotta, many... you gotta like use judgment, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I like how, I mean, um, in pain hustlers, they, um, they, they also had the point about the cancer, like, um, morphine, right. Morphine, opium. They were, they were words associated with death. And they even did in this show, they did the whole like study. Oh yeah. The fo- little focus to, group. Yeah. A little focus group. And that's because that's what this level of, um, pain treatment was associated with like cancer patients. And that's what people commonly thought about it, but like they were able to rebrand it completely and even get people who knew that to forget that. And it's all okay because it's going to be under the management of the doctors prescribing it. So it's just like everyone kind of hiding behind an excuse somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, So why don't you take me through, um, I don't know, like what, what are your, uh, like impressions of, I don't know, let, let's start with the presentation, right? We, we kind of talked about the stylization of, uh, some of the, the points they're trying to make, but, uh, how, how did you feel this was presented like cinematography wise, um, visually, things like that. Yeah, they don't, you know, they don't, um, I, th- I think it, I, I really liked it. Um, the way they, they framed everything and everything's like very close shot too, because like you wouldn't know it was Ohio or where they're at at all without them saying that in context. Um, yeah. So you didn't re- get any like panning shots of the city or even much landscape. Cause everything was like always very focused on the people, um, mm-hmm. in every scene, you know, everything's just kind of otherwise a generic, like, you know, pharmaceutical company office, some, you know, um, doctors, even like Plaza, right. in like some country town. Um, so I, I like, I like those choices because it really focused it on the people. Um, it is a people story. Um, but also the way they, you know, there are three tones 
three different types of shows happening. Um, yeah. And the cinematography, I mean, I don't know if there's anything like special or particular there, but um, when they went to like the montages, I thought the montage, Dude, the montages were so good. Yeah. Good use of montages and like the way they, they kind of paged to them and from them was always good. Cause I think every episode sort of had one, at least one like notable montage. Cause that was kind of like the, the, the summation of the episode was kind of the montage. I feel like the, mm-hmm. like the main point. Yeah. That, and, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I really, I appreciated the way they handled uh, kind of like the, exposition narration <laughs> happening by Edie flowers. Uh, at first I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it when the, the series started, but um, I, th- I think they, they used the, their na- the narration there uh, pretty good and tactfully um, sprinkled throughout. It wasn't like, you know, an entire episode Edie is telling you everything that's happening on screen, right. but the, the way they, they sprinkled that in and out, I, I thought was really good. Um, yeah. Cause every episode started that way with her getting to a different part of the story. Yeah. Um, And how they like explained the narration. I thought also pretty well done because it's not just, you know, this agent who is working this case telling you what's going on. No, she's like giving a a deposition, you know, about the case. So that explains why she's talking about the case. You know, They, they didn't necessarily have to do that. No, yeah, and there's always just little details too in terms of like very early on, like that was my even episode one or two where like she realized he was sitting, like um, Richard was sitting in the same chair she was giving the deposition. Oh yeah, and she like made them take the chair out of the room and get a new chair. Um, I thought that was intensive. I, I thought that was like over the top at first, but it makes sense once you know more about her character, and then obviously you learn more about who in her eyes Richard is. And I think maybe Richard's painted the way he is in this because it is her narrating. And that is probably how she would envision a person like that. Because another like really cool, I mean, this is another, this is kind of in terms of like presentation in terms of a cool scene was when she and her people went to Purdue's offices for a meeting <laughs> with him. Yeah. He, purposely was just like not in the meeting but he was playing with his dog like throwing the ball against the window of the conference room (laughs) yeah and she wasn't allowed in so she's sitting there just in the lobby watching him and knowing it's him when he should be doing something what they consider far more serious so i just thought that was like a clever way to like intertwine the very serious story narration that she's doing and even taking her a little bit out of the narration, she's actually a character in the story at that point. Um, and then you have, who is usually a very sensationalist character, um, Richard, being being kind of um, eccentric, right? Per usual. Yeah. But like, I think if you were her sitting in that seat, he would seem like a lunatic. Yeah. In all of this. Yeah. And the, yeah. And that his, the eccentric, uh, actions that were happening there were like the opposite end of the eccentric spectrum that we're <laughs> used to seeing Richard be, you know, more like the the monotone like precision surgeon uh in terms of like social interactions and just being able to like 
absolutely knife through a situation and just be like ruthless and emotionless about it. And then in the, in that scene you're talking about, he's just like acting like a 14 year old kid playing with his dog while, you know, his lawyers <laughs> are meeting with, with the federal government while they're trying to like, you know, bring down his company. Thought it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, on that note, uh, like how do you think they handled um, the characters that we see in terms of like how they were written, but also how they were acted. I mean, I think, I think um, I had, so I would say like Miss um, Flowers, she was great. Um, Richard, the, um, what's his name? Um, Sackler? No, the, the drug addict character. Um, what's their last Glenn? name? Yeah, Glenn and his family was all really good. It it was the the drug reps. They were, I think, like a weaker point for me. Um, maybe it's more so their characters, just because they aren't like overly in depth characters. But I mean, they did try to like give them a little bit more back, like more backbone to their characters. But like, it never really came across effectively. Um, yeah. Like they're both kind of just like bimbos, and then like you would think the one kind of was going to have a, you know, a turnaround point, but, um, you know, she kind of stiffs armor in the diner and it's like, I'm not your counselor. Like there's no hope for you either. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it was always confusing to me because like the, the understudy, um, sales rep Schaefer, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, our, uh, our Ohio gal. Yeah. She, uh, the issue I had with her, and I don't know if this is like writing or acting, but like, or a combination of the two, but like she was always kind of like aware that she was probably not doing something right, but continued to go along with it anyways. So like the longer she was doing that, the less like redeeming qualities she was having. I thought she was like going to flip during the whole, like here are my notes thing. But instead she's totally seduced by being flown down to headquarters and being made like top seller right arbitrarily yeah. just like suppress her from saying anything um totally smoothed over by that even though like her character is written as if she's like not gonna be easily tempted but it, in hindsight when you get to the end of the series she's completely tempted the whole time it makes yeah. little effort until the very end to do and something I, with it. I think that like her character now that you say that and I'm like intentionally thinking about it, what you described her character as is kind of how I see um, the people, figures, companies, whatever that end up resulting in a bad situation, like <clears throat> unfolding instead of right. uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the conspiracy theorist, uh, paranoid, um, people of society who always think that every again i'm not saying there aren't people or companies that set out with nefarious ambitions but i feel like a large majority are kind of like shannon here where they get involved in something they create something whatever thinking that they're bringing a net positive to society or whatever situation they're in realize yeah. like oh this actually isn't 
uh, you know, doing something great. But mm-hmm. then are blinded by, in this case, you know, the greed, the, the, sh- you know, showering of, of money and like luxury and stuff kind of erases the, the net negatives that they're bringing. Yeah. And things, situations like this always make me think about like the general, uh, susceptibility like society has to, um, to propaganda or like being tricked when it comes to that stuff. Because obviously like in the early, whatever, like before, like we had the internet, right. Or like television. Now I would say before the internet um, is kind of like the turning point is. It's also a great album or not because of the internet. Yeah. Because of the internet. um, Right. We both feel, we, we all feel like we, uh, are susceptible to being like a hive mind or like more mindless. But Mm -hmm. I think, but I think at the same time, maybe we are more mindless about some things. We are way more aware of other things because before the internet, think of all, or one thing of how easy it was for, you know, obviously governments to run propaganda and just convince entire populations what was happening, cough World War II on all fronts. Um, But, think about like in the eighties, the nineties and like the two thousands, like the, whether it was, I think it was like fear Bradley was like this, obviously the sales reps for the drug companies, um, all the different pyramid scheme or like really eccentric sales groups that like people got involved in, um, that we now kind of make fun of as pyramid scheme ones, but like the culty nature that they curated into these people to sell their products. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Do you know anyone today like that would be easily trapped in those situations? Maybe they're out there and I just don't know anybody. But I just feel like that would not fly as easily where people are just like, oh, yeah, we're selling the shit out of this awesome miracle drug. It's going to make everyone feel better. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I know a few people. <laughs> and I think you might know some of the same people, Nick, <laughs> which I'll okay. tell you uh, offline. <laughs> And you'll probably cry laughing. <laughs> okay, um, but no, I, I think I think it still exists because, um, yeah, I mean, people are people, and I feel like with enough charisma or confidence, you can yeah. kind of convince anyone really of anything. Um, but Dan has a good plug behind the scenes. Um, House of Fall of House of Usher. We just talked about that. Another drug related pharma company gone bad um, theme, right? In our media. So mm-hmm. it's it's all over the place. Yeah. Um I uh I've really really enjoyed kind of the 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 wide variety and range of characters. Um and, and like presentations of characters we got in this series. I thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> I like at first hated, but then ended up loving every scene that uh, Mortimer and Raymond Sackler were in the two uh, older Sackler guys on the board that always fought with each other. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're like so cringy and so dumb. But like, also hilarious in like every scene because of how 
over the top. They're like, they got more and more over the top, especially the other one that was like excessively paranoid about everything. Like he yeah. was losing his mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, another like another like pharma company family, like yeah. just going down the tubes. Um, and uh, oh, this is what I was going to say because you're talking about like you know the the cult like behavior or whatever of like these pyramid schemes and stuff. But I obviously 99% of my brain believes that they did not have sales conferences and like sales meetings where everyone is chanting Oxycontin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There, there was not a a conference where an entire stadium of sales reps is chanting Oxycontin, but I loved it in the show like again this is that stylistic like over the top presentation to just prove a point um it goes into exactly what you're saying that the way that some of these uh schemes for lack of a better word are able to create like a cult essentially of employees that are like so bought in and and this is all that matters, right? Uh, the Miami, the Miami sales conference. <laughs> so great. Like, yeah. And Sackler I, comes out looking like the Terminator. <laughs> the entire conference is chanting Oxycontin. They have like the, the plushy uh, mascot, like singing a song all about selling Oxycontin. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I think, I think, like that's a really good example of like the tongue in cheek. I think it's obviously it's exaggerated, but it's not far off from, I think more so the feeling and like the idea of what was going on there. Um, I mean, the sales conferences, I mean, they can get intense either like as parties or as like everyone's there and like, they're going to say yes to whatever because they're there for free. They're partying for free. They're making a ton of money <laughs> doing it. Um, and it does weird stuff to people. So um, I, d- I did enjoy that a lot. But obviously, you know, like you hope it was not quite like that <laughs> to a T. Um, like, please know, tell me like this is exaggerated. Or, you know what? I would not be surprised if they gave me some side by side footage. And like, no, it really happened yeah. like that. Um, not going to lie. The song, though, was actually kind of a bob. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It was like, <laughs> I mean, a jingle. They just had to pay someone to write a cool jingle, right? And like, you have that yeah. much money, like, what's going to stop you from being like, hey, write us a cool, like, theme song for our sales conference? Yeah. Companies um, are not against be- doing stuff like that. That's true. That's true. Um, I was a big fan of Taylor Kitsch. Uh, who played yes. Gr- Glenn Crager. Uh, I'm also glad that, that he thing. has been in other things of which I have not seen. Um, his his story was like so devastating. And he just like played the pants off of Glenn. Um, oh, wow. He was John Carter. John Carter. Yeah, he's a ton of in a ton. He's, he's one of those where like he's in a lot of stuff. If once you start paying attention, um, is he like is he like Oh my gosh! Yeah, yep. He played David Koresh in Waco: yep. The Aftermath. Yeah, uh huh. Um, and well, obviously Waco: The Aftermath being the follow up to 
Waco. I did not realize he played David Koresh. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, is he? Wow, he was in True Detective. Is he the um, the younger version of uh, uh, the guy that we can never remember his name? <laughs> and I'm not even joking. That literally cannot remember. Wait, not, not our boy Jared Harris. Yeah, yeah. Is he the younger oh, Jared Harris? Is he traject? Is that his career trajectory right now? You know, that's that's a good point. He he might be like a, a 30 year younger Jared Harris. Yeah, he's just like in everything and we can never remember his name. Yeah, it, but but he's also legitimately a good actor. And yeah. like you enjoy everything he's in. It's just you don't remember who he is. Uh, his name. We just drew an amazing parallel live right here. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, his, his story was tragic. And I thought he did an amazing job in that role. And um, it's like that whole situation is like so sad. Um, obviously like his well, stepson I mean, being like a giant doofus and literally being the reason that he got hurt and ended up getting hooked on, well, I guess not getting hooked, but like being prescribed Oxy. Uh, yeah. but then Glenn not being able to like be responsible and not get addicted, which is easy for me to say as someone who is not addicted to a very addictive drug. Um, and then seeing it just literally rip that family apart and then have zero redemption. <laughs> it was, it was hard, man, but that's the beauty of this show uh, because that's reality. That's what happens. Yeah. And in while like that, and that's that's this that's my favorite part of the show um in com- in comparison to the rest of it while the rest of it was good and was telling a story that was all of the like that's all like you said like not conspiracy theory but that, like that's more of like in the minds of the beholders right like this is something entirely difficult to grasp uh, like how this all happened so it's like we have to embellish it in our imagination something on the other side of this right to to make sense of it all. Um, but what we do know and is well-documented and, you know, probably everyone knows somebody at this point um, that has gone through something like that. Um, I mean, that, that was the most like accurate thing. Like, like you said, he nailed it, the performance and also just like the reality of like how that situation unfolds. And a lot of, a lot of just like truth too. And like the way that addiction works is it like, it affects different people differently, like all substances, but there's far more people that are susceptible to the chemical altering that that does to your body. And they, they touched on that in this, when the one doctor, when he got took to the hospital, I was like, wait, what's his dose? Like, we can't just take him off of it. Like he will physically die if we remove the substance from his, his system all mm-hmm. at once. Like you can't cold Turkey it because you will physically die. That's why they have methadone that they give addicts to wean them off of it. Um, mm-hmm. because like your body's chemistry is physically changed. And that's the problem with opium opiates and all of that. Um, so it's not like an addiction of a lifestyle, like maybe like marijuana or like cocaine gives you where like opiates, like physically alter you. And that's yeah. the problem. Like, obviously, anyone can cold turkey many other drugs. Um, 
you can cold turkey alcohol. Um, that really sucks for actual alcoholics. Um, yeah. Weed. Cigs. You know, you can. Yeah, you, you have withdrawal symptoms and stuff like that. But like opiates, like, like you would, you just alter, you just alternately die. <laughs> or yeah. you die. And the way, you know, spoiler, he dies at the end. Um, that because he relapsed and did it, that then the body can't like physically handle it or you do too yeah. much. Um, well, yeah, then he ODs. Yeah, so. then you OD. And that's why you hear so many people where they're like, oh, he was doing so good. And, um, like I thought everything was fine. Well, it all it takes is that like that one touchback. Mm-hmm. It's, it's done. And it wasn't like he went extra. It wasn't hard. even a bad touchback either. Like he had some loud neighbors checked on him. They were either just passed out or OD'd and had pills sitting there. Like it's not like he went to a party and people were like, Yo, right. you want to do some oxy? He's like walked in on somebody who was in the act of ODing and saw pills. That was it. That was, that, was a, that was a good come up. Um, you know, not in hindsight, but like at the time, like that was a, that was a shitload of pills they had. Um, but <laughs> they, they did a good job. Like, I mean, they had that like dude in the van, like picking up people to get prescribed to collect their prescriptions to sell them. Um, and also, that was that was a good situation in terms of like when he just goes into his neighbors to check on them and like be like turn the music down. Um, yeah. or TV, that's how easy it is for like the An chemical balance of the right? brain, yeah, to get like flipped back, like completely unintentional, did not plan it, did not want to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he had been clean for at least a month, started what? rebuilding that relationship with his family, a month or three months, yeah. He had a he had a token coming his way, yeah. They said 30 days, so at least a month, maybe. I don't know how much time elapsed after that, but um, yeah, it was really sad to see because you really, you really start to buy in the redemption happening because yeah. he's getting clean, he's re- rekindling the relationships with his kids and his wife, and he seems happy. He's like staying in a motel instead of his like closed down garage, he's trying to reopen the garage. And then I, 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 we couldn't figure it out at first, but like, where is he sleeping when he was like a hard addict? And I was like, then they showed the garage reopen. I'm like, Oh wow. He was like sleeping in the garage. Like, yeah. close to the shop. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I think it's, there's a lot of good details. Um, and maybe I'm just, I, I'm just a little closer to the, those kind of stories, um, from a lot of people I know where it's just like, like when, uh, his stepson goes to like his friend's house or whatever. And he shows up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and like literally the, the man of the house, like just physically tells him to get lost. Like it, it's unfortunately, cause like a lot of times we like to, you know, preach like empathy and like openness and like, it's hard though with like certain types of people, especially in these situations, because when he did let him back in, in a later scene, like it was already set up for failure. Like he just yeah. needed some money to, oh, you know, so it, sad. It, yeah. And there isn't like a, a rational way to approach it. Um, and that's the problem. It's, it's like an epidemic is because there's no, there's no good way to fix it. Um, yeah. because it's, it's more of a physical, um, 
becomes, alteration uh, to the population. Yeah. It and like, like a literal problem. need and less yeah. of a desire. <laughs> yeah. And, and like dad said, like cigs and alcohol, like those withdrawals are rough and stuff, but like people can make it through them. But also like those two things don't kill you when you get back on them necessarily right away, at least, um, or intentionally. Um, but it's just like a problem that has no easy answer, but then it's unfortunate that it was a problem that was like haphazardly created, um, with no real fault to anyone. Right. Unless you're a company and you, you get hit with some fines, but even at the end, like what? Five years, some fines, 60 months was like the highest one in jail or something like that. Or I'm thinking of yeah. paint hustlers where they handed out sentencing, hmm. uh, but like nothing like substantial there either. And really that's just the set precedent for other companies to encourage them not to do these types of things. Yeah. There still isn't anything that says you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, like it is in, I mean, the main intent of these things, right. Is a benefit. I mean, it's quite the notion, like, Address pain, like just remove everyone's pain. Yeah, I mean, some people novel idea. Some people need painkillers. Just maybe don't make them heroin. <laughs> uh, right. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a fine line, I guess. I mean, literal, you can't just opium, like in a in a. <laughs> um, and yeah. I mean, there there's a little bit of messaging there too. That's kind of like more of like in a an American facade thing where it's like just package it up different call it something else and it's fine right like 2000s we we you know in 90s we call them terrorists right they're they're not people they're terrorists um easy easy answer to it um it's not it's not an addictive drug it's a pill your doctor prescribes you what could go wrong we trust the doctor the doctor Um, but it's funny because i've always felt that way about like where i grew up in that small town, um, like the doctor that like everybody, like my whole family would go to, like, I just, I've never like trusted that situation. I'm like, come on, you're a doctor in like a small town. Like, why are you a doctor in a small town? There's the one <laughs> in the show here that loves his work and runs it out of his house. Sure. But like, dude, who's just slinging like Oxycontin out of the mad scripts out of yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Like I was like, okay, this dude probably did not have um like a McLaren or wherever the hell they showed him driving with all like the addicts lined up outside the office. I'm like, <laughs> I, I hope this is a little embellished, but like please tell me no one like ever saw such a scene. Right. Man, and I I we talked about it at the start of the episode, but um the cold opens to every episode. Yeah. I'm so glad that they, they added those in. Um, because again, it just really hammers home the weight of like the end result to a lot of these people. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't have happy endings and, um, a, a point that you see proven in a lot of stories and, lessons about addiction and things like that is um it's a very widespreading hurt right it's not just the addict (laughs) that is being hurt Uh, right it branches out into families friends 
relationships, uh, things like that. And while I, I love how each little testimony starts out the exact same, it's the disclaimer of like, you know, hey, while a lot of this is based off of true stuff, you know, we change the names of people, blah, blah, blah. But what isn't, <laughs> what isn't fiction is my story of my kid or my spouse or whatever. And it was just like each story heart wrenching and the, the, the person telling it like <laughs> fighting back tears and stuff is just, man, it is so good. And I'm so yeah. glad they added that. Like, instead of just text on a screen or like a text scroll or something like that, it's a person in front of a camera and you see the, the raw emotions of them having to relive a horrible time in their life that was the result of what was being talked about. And I, and I think I, I again, from like a, a, a direction point, you know, creating a series like this um, to come at it from so many different angles, right. To even like a little bit supernatural. Cause he's literally talking to his dead uncle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like those, those are like a constant reminder that what, what you're watching and what it's about. Um, and like somehow helps inform like the really embellished parts of it. Um, mm. it. It all just works together really well. And that was the most impressive part of it um, to me. Right. Yeah. Cause like with the style of show uh, with, with an, an, a cold open like that, I would expect like a big Glenn, saddle. a Glenn show, right? Yeah, Big sad all the time. Yeah. But no, it would start out with a testimonial like that and then cut immediately to an absolutely over-the-top montage of like Purdue Pharma and the Sacklers just being like so rowdy. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, sorry, let me let me can I first like wipe the tear from my cheek from you know the mother crying over her dead son? <laughs> like before you slam like Rick Ross in my face and like a an FDA agent in a speedo, like, come on. Yeah. And I don't know if this was a montage, um, but the, like when she started, um, uh, what's her first name? Flowers. Edie. Edie flowers. When like, it was her and like, when they started seeing the, the, the pill stuffy, like everywhere. Um, just like at the pharmacy on the shelf at the doctor's office and like whatever that montage was, I thought that was also really good. Um, Just like a little thing like that, but like, did they really have, I imagine they might have had like some sort of mascot. It's funny to think about like, did they look it up? Um, Did I have a plushy mascot? Uh, But yeah, man, um, Cause that was kind of the part in her story where she was like piecing the conspiracy together in her mind. Yeah. Um, and there's this like just blatant clue everywhere. It's the giant light. <laughs> where's blue the, where's the Tylenol plushie? Um, I think that's, that's an Eminem uh, music video um, where all the drugs <laughs> are animated. Um, also an album cover. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Dad said behind the scene, um, that it, similar to how they pushed nicotine in the early days when it first came out, he's thinking the show Mad Men. Um, they knew it was harmful, but they're after the money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, and I, and that's a good point is like this, you know, what Richard did was not a, um, a new idea, right. For, you know, drug and substance companies. It just so happens that the, the, this time in application, it was with a substance that was so destructive, um, versus like nicotine, which is, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it kills you slowly over time. Um, but I still always acknowledge that there are people who are like hundred years old that smoke every day of their lives. <laughs> um, but like nothing new, it just so happened that like, Hey, we're going to put like heroin, uh, opium in like a, an old pill and say yeah. it's going to fix everything. And I guess, I guess the idea that like they, they drew it down where it's like, everyone was like, yeah, that's what you give cancer patients that are like literally dying to ease the pain. No, 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 no. Like you got a headache. Yeah. Like it slowly just kept lowering the threshold for like what and who should have it. Pain makes you a slave. Oxycontin gives you freedom. Um, so dad was able to dig up a tweet from the very trustworthy snake lively, uh, from back in 2020 of an actual Oxycontin plushie. So I don't know the legitimacy of that and if those were actually floating around like in the 90s. Uh, but there was a plushie tweeted three years before this documentary, or documentary, this miniseries was made. So I don't know, maybe maybe that was a thing. That's great. That'd be wild. Uh, yeah, and Dad also says something about Mr. Robot. Um, yeah, Elliot and his crippling Adderall addiction. <laughs> yeah, but um, he did he did Oxycontin too, I think. Uh yeah, I think you're right. I think it wasn't that like his first meeting with the the illustrious Vera. Yeah, because uh, he would do the because he wanted the because he was Vera was the only one that had the uh, methadone script, so he could wean manage, himself off like, of manage the, it out. Yeah, because he had everything under control, which brilliant part of that show because elliot could do that like that dude knew everything he's like i'm gonna just, i'm gonna buy two drugs i'm gonna put get methadone and oxycontin so i can manage my oxycontin addiction yeah. appropriately see if only everyone was that smart um i will not go on a tangent but vera remains one of my all-time favorite characters maybe ever he's definitely top 10 i don't want to give him a top five but like he's top that's hard. Top five characters. We shouldn't even do that ever as a topic. Like, what? <laughs> I don't even know where my mind's going right now. Cause I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? There's, yeah, you know, that would be very hard. Um, you have to like exclude major IPs. Maybe next March madness top characters. No star Wars, no Harry Potter, no Lord of the Rings, um, no Marvel, any of that. Then you do your, your top five characters, top 10 characters. I can dig it. Uh, but yeah, back on track here. Um, yeah, I think uh, Don't overall, yeah, I mean, this is like a, a relatively new series. So um, I I was shocked that I wasn't aware of it when you recommended it. But in knowing that it was pretty recent, I guess not so shocking. But uh, I, I hope people are able to give this a watch because I think it is very... It's very interesting, um, you know, interesting take on some actual events that, that happened and that we still kind of see the repercussions of today. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it was it's pretty mean, well done. I was impressed with it. Yeah, and like and you know, a big thing for me is like watchability, right? And when you're limited on time or you're overwhelmed with how many things you want to watch, um, you know, forty five minute episodes they are entertaining, uh, but also like very grounded at the same time because you feel like you're watching something important but you're also being entertained while doing it mm. you're not inundated with too much information um everything's generally entertaining even with like the sick montages ranging all the way to like the depressing uh drug addictions that people have so um it goes by quick and it's like six 45 minute episodes so relatively short in the consideration of modern series goes you know this is an eight one hour episode so um, you know, I think also we, we have the newborn and like one night we watched like three of these episodes before we realized they're 45 minutes. And my wife was like, did we just watch three episodes of something? Um, and I was like, disclaimer, they're 45 minutes long, but yes, we did. Um, <laughs> still, impressive, still impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so go give it a watch <clears throat> and, uh, make sure you let us know what you thought about it. Uh, is, is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest, Nick, before we wrap up? Cause I think, I don't, I don't know what else there is left to say about painkiller here. Oh uh, yeah. Other than like, it's, 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 it's a good show. It's a good series. Good watch. Um, and there are other things out there. If you need, if you are looking to go on a binger of like big pharma's bad pharma, um, yeah. go watch the fall of house of usher, watch pain hustlers on Netflix that has Chris Evans in it. Um, hey, that was also. Your- you're starting to sound like one of those doctors, Nick. Yeah, one yeah. Those, um, those, those gonna, pill bunnies. Like, I'm let's temper Chris the. You a Chris. Um, is it the Chris's right? It's like Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Rock. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it was the next Chris that came to oh, my mind. Chris. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. There's, there's a, a Chris. Star-Lord. Isn't he a Chris? Or no? Yeah, he is. Dad's Pratt, shaking. Right? Yeah, Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, Chris Evans. Pain Hustlers. Go watch it. Um, not as good as this show, but it's a movie. It's only two hours. Um, conveys the exact same message, but about a different company and a different drug, but same problem. Um, yeah. But yeah. Nice. Go get it. Thank you, sir, for uh, for recommending it. And um, like I said, make sure you subscribe here. Uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought about Painkiller. Um, and yeah thank you guys for watching make sure you tune in uh next week where we'll definitely have a topic that we'll talk about and you'll listen to because that's what we do here i'm definitely not just saying this because i don't remember what we'll be releasing after this episode (laughs) but (laughs) there will be another uh i believe pokey boys season three will still be in uh progress so make sure you check that out and yeah we'll, we'll see you next time guys have, have a good night have a wonderful evening day afternoon morning yeah i don't think there's any other time of day i think we covered all the bases there nice everyone's happy then <laughs> <laughs>